You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Someone's title has never been so on point. Jamie King is the slay coach, and that's what she helps women do, slay. Her energy is on point. Her advice is raw and authentic. I cannot wait for you to hear the wisdom she has for female entrepreneurs. Jamie, thank you so much for talking with me. I'm so excited for us to chat. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, and we are recording this on Woodby Oaks Day in Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, and we're lamenting about the fact that um, we wish we were at Churchill Downs, or even not even there, but just watching it on TV. So yeah, um, I think I need to put a derby hat on just for this. <laughs> I'm going to go grab one of my hats. I mean, but those fascinators are coming in handy. Um, we don't want to wait till September. I know. I mean, I know it's not a video podcast, but you know what? <laughs> Why not get in the vibe of Derby today? And I, I am wearing my fascinator from last year. So let's do this. I love it. Let's rock it. Okay. So first, tell us about yourself. Oh, God. Uh, earmuffs <laughs> on for children. Um, so I'm a beauty school dropout, <laughs> purple haired, cusses like a sailor, calls her kids assholes with love. Um, mom of three who built a seven figure brand, um, retired my master's educated husband from his corporate job. He runs my company now. So basically, um, long story short, I, um, you know, always knew that I would never go to college. I knew that, uh, I would be an entrepreneur from the time I was 16 years old, went to hair school that didn't work for my back. <laughs> I have mm. a spinal fusion and it was really hard for me to do hair without being in a lot of pain. So then I was like, now what? And then accidentally got knocked up at 19, <laughs> had a baby, bought a house, then did the, the corporate thing. So in the corporate you know, environment, I learned a lot about how to run a business and about how to develop leadership and how to manage people. And, and so I traveled a lot for my corporate job. I did public speaking um, for Humana. I did leadership development for supervisors. I ran a call center of about 500 people, you know, I started doing that at 24, um, you know, worked my way up the corporate ladder into leadership from 21 to 24. And then 24 to 28, I managed call centers um, all across the country. And um, I couldn't travel anymore. Once I had my son, I was like, dropping him off at daycare after my 12 week, you know, maternity leave and then hopping on a plane and pumping my tits in a dirty airport bathroom. I just like broke down, mm -hmm. called my husband saying, I can't fucking do this anymore. And then I put in a very substantial notice with my team. So after that first, you know, week back from maternity leave, having to fly to North Carolina, I gave them a three month notice to replace me. <laughs> they never found a replacement. And I said, I'm still out anyway. Sorry guys. Like I'm leaving. And then October, 2014, I uh, started doing well, that summer of 2014, I started doing network marketing. I um, did beach body coaching for three years, outwardly looked super successful with that. Um, then I quit my corporate job to do that full time. I was able to replace my corporate salary doing beach body. 
Um, but I was only bringing home like two to three K a month with that. And I did that for about two and a half, three years. And I was just bored. You know, mama should be no one's fitness coach. I love my wine. Um, I have a brand now called Chardonnay and Slay. And I was spraying my face with a wa- bottle of water, calling it a sweaty selfie. Like, look, guys, <laughs> I did my workout. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I'm super passionate about health and wellness and health and fitness, but I shouldn't. I was there for the accountability and mindset coaching, not for fitness advice. Like I am not your girl. <laughs> so everyone kept coming to me um, for business advice. Like, how did you do this with network marketing? How did you blow this business up? I was on the, the market council for the state of Kentucky for Beachbody coaches. So I hosted all of their events, um, big corporate events and stuff, hundred, multiple hundred people events. And, and I was like, all of these local businesses are asking me for marketing and sales help. These event planners are coming to me asking me how to start their event planning business. Why am I not business coaching these people? And so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do this. When my daughter got diagnosed with infantile scoliosis that summer of 2017, we couldn't pay our medical bills. And so I was like, fuck this. Like I'm not doing fitness coaching anymore when I'm not passionate about it. My heart's not in it. Why would I do this? If the universe, God, whoever you believe in is pointing me in all these other directions, telling me to do business, because I've always been a serial entrepreneur. I've had a baking business, um, a vintage resale business, a denim jean business. Like I've had so many different fucking businesses. And so I learned all the online marketing skills through network marketing. And I still stand by that. If you don't know what you want to do yet, join a network marketing company. I can tell you, you know, which ones have integrity and which ones don't. And and then after that, I started the Slay Brands out of necessity to pay my medical bills for my daughter. And then it blew up really quickly. <laughs> and I mean, she's not kidding, y'all. Um, it really is. And you, the crazy thing was, what we talked about, we're both in Louisville, but yet you help people all over the world. There were people in other states that were telling me about you. And yeah. like that to me just is just goes to show that all the things you were doing up to this point led you to where you were. They were not mistakes. They were part of your journey. And you, I mean, probably in the middle of many of them, you were thinking, why am I doing this? But it all led you to be successful to where you are today. All of it. Yeah. It all led up. My leadership development in corporate America led to me being a great coach, led to network marketing leading me to being a great sales and marketer, leading to, you know, this business coaching thing, leading me to being a great CEO and not just a great coach and teacher and educator and all those fun things. Um, but I'm a really good CEO and I pride myself on being a good boss. And, and that is one of my favorite accomplishments ever is that everyone on our team really loves to be here and they mm. love to work for our brand and they're behind the mission and they get everything that we're doing. And yeah, like you said, like I live in Louisville, which is so strange that we've never met. <laughs> uh, I hosted a major female conference last summer and Summit of Slay brought in hundreds of women from all over the world. And we had people from Singapore, Canada, the UK. Wow. Bali, um, Alaska. I mean, we had people from literally every corner of the world coming to our city, you know, and I'm so big. Everyone thinks of Louisville out, everyone in the online marketing space, when they think of Louisville, they think of me Yeah, because 
I speak so passionately about this town because I've traveled all over the world. And I always thought growing up as a kid, I can't wait till I turn 18 so I can get the fuck out of Louisville. Now that I've experienced the world and, you know, traveled to Europe and Bali and all these different countries, I found that Louisville's actually one of the coolest places I've ever been. <laughs> I love so, that. I mean, why leave home? I'm raising my kids here and it's a great place to do that. And Yeah. Okay. So whenever you work with women, how would you describe your coaching strategy? I feel like that's kind of what is the unique trait of coaches and kind of where you fit with a coach. Like what do you describe that strategy as? So the modality that I've developed is spirit mindset strategy. So a lot of people talk about the mindset work and a lot of people talk about the strategy of scaling their companies, Uh, both very equally important, but more so my priority is helping women develop a deeper connection to their own gut and intuition and their spirit guides, their God, their higher power that they reach out to. Because if you don't have a vision and a mission, if you don't know who the fuck you are and where you're going and who sent you here, like if you don't have a connection to something bigger than outside of yourself, that is my number one reason why me. So people always ask me like, you know, well, why you, how did you scale to a million dollars in two years? Like, how did you do that? And people always ask, they used to ask like, how did you blow up, you know, make six figures cash in six months in a brand new business? And I'm like, I fucking know who I am. And I know the vision and the mission of the brand. Like no one in their right mind hosts a hundred thousand dollar event for hundreds of women in their first year of business you know, a year and a half into business. No one does that. Like I have always leaped into things I'm not supposed to be doing at the level that I'm quote unquote at. Like no one hosts a major conference and no one does it in fucking Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like no Mm -hmm. one does that. And so I am constantly pushing the barriers of what I believe is possible for me, for the brand, because I know where the brand is going. I have such a big vision for Chardonnay and Slay, the nonprofit, and for the Slay brands in general as a whole. And because I have that connection and knowing where it's going, all the little things that happen along the way, because mistakes, um, regret, bad things, you know, low energy, what the fuck ever, bad shit happens every day in entrepreneurship to everyone. But when you have that vision and that mission that you are unwavering in, no little nothing that knocks you down will ever prevent you from getting back up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we go over the spirit, we go over the vision, and then we get into the mindset practices of what it takes. Those are tactical tips on how to shift your mindset. And then we go into the strategy, but usually only 20% of success is coming from that strategic place because there's only so many things you can learn with current online marketing and sales tactics. There is an unlimited number of bullshit stories I can find that you are telling yourself to hold yourself back. (laughs) Mm. There's always bullshit. So, you know, I think this is a a good point that you bring up in the sense of, you know, really knowing who you are, where you're going. Um, Because I feel like so many people do kind of fall into their businesses. And then it's just kind of like struggle to survive, struggle to get by. Um, Where do you feel like 
you people draw the line as far as when they need a coach? Like, how does someone know they need to hire you? Um, well, <laughs> I don't believe there's ever a bad time to have a coach. And it's not just because I'm a fucking coach. Most of you, <laughs> like, I don't even take, I just took on two private clients for the first time in like a year and a half. I like, it wasn't even an option to hire me. Yes. You could join my courses and programs. So this is not a pitch. Like, you know, this is definitely not a pitch of why you need a coach. Right. Like, you know, what I'm saying is like, this is not me pitching you because I'm a coach and I believe in coaching. It's, it's a non-negotiable for me, not to always 24 seven, always have a fucking coach. But if you aren't where you want to be, then you need a coach. That's the, if I'm not happy with where I am, that's when you need a coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if you're like, you're not happy with where you are. Okay. Then there's a problem. There's a block because when you're a match for what you want, when you've decided I'm unavailable for anything, but this goal, like, here's the fucking goal. I'm not available for anything other than that goal. And once you've decided that that is where you're going and that you're unavailable for anything else, you will stop at nothing to make that goal happen. But a coach mm. is going to help you get there quicker. And I have had four coaches. This is what people don't want to hear or don't want to talk about, I guess. Mm-hmm. The unsexy part of business. Okay, you want to make what I make, be willing to spend what I spend. I've hired a hundred and... worth of coaching in the last year and a half. That's how much I've spent on coaching. Four different coaches, four different mentors, all amazing, different, unique gifts. That's what you got to do. That's what you have to do to get into that mindset, that uh, arena. And I mean, anything you don't fucking want to do, but if you want to make what I make, then these are the things that I've done. You know what I mean? Like, Mm People want what I have, but they don't want to do what I've done. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you've you've been talking a lot about just here in the last few weeks about how small businesses should be pivoting, and whether that's in quarantine times, in future hard times, uh, you know, when it makes sense for them to pivot. How do they do that? Good grief. If I could have just a good come to Jesus talk with about 50% of the small business owners in the world right now, oh my God, my life would be so much easier. I would be so less stressed out. (laughs) I'm an empath. So I feel deeply for all of these small business owners, but they're so stuck in fear that -hmm. they're not taking any action. And when you're in fear, afraid of your money, afraid of this, afraid of whatever, afraid of what's going to, afraid of what if, you are not solution oriented, you are problem oriented. So if you are problem-oriented, focusing on all of the problems that you have, then you are unavailable for solutions of how to fix them. So when when something happens like this, something catastrophic or whatever, because there's always going to be another thing. It's not necessarily going to be a pandemic, but there's going to be another fucking thing. Mm -hmm. And this is why I say people should have a coach (laughs) like on at least speed dial, maybe not like hiring them 24 seven, but at least have access to someone because there's always going to be something that hits, shit's going to hit the fan. Something's going to go wrong and you're going to let it set you back. You're going to let it get in your way of progress. But when you have continual support, that doesn't get in your way. It doesn't fucking stop you. You're able to pivot more quickly. And so small businesses right now, especially the ones that are brick and mortars, especially the ones that aren't online are unavailable for solutions. I'm trying to wake people up and say, guys, there's lots of money being spent on the internet right now. Like if you mm-hmm. could just pivot your business model to service, 
online service and education and all of whatever is happening, like whatever you can give online to serve, you are going to be setting yourself up above the rest of your peers, above your competition. Like you are going to slay after this pandemic if you are showing the fuck up for your people right now. And so when I say pivot, like I'm doing that that course right now, the pandemic paycheck, it's all about pivoting and understanding your new skills or how to utilize your, your current skill set in a different way and how to find the perfect problem, you know, to solve for your audience to sell because people are fucking buying just as much as they ever have. Like you're telling yourself a story that there's not money being moved in the economy and it's not fucking true. It's just shifted to a different, different priorities. People are spending their money differently right now. And if you're not pivoting, your business will suffer. I mean, wow. I think that's a wake up call for a lot of people. And I, I tend to look at things like the pandemic as blessings in disguise and try to look at those positives of things that have come out of it that are good and focus on that rather than the negative. And, you know, I think there has been um, a good amount of people kind of saying, all right, this is going to change my business for the rest of time. So, what what can I do now and what can I do in the future? And I love that you've really been an encouragement of that to say, you know, this don't bury your head in the sand because that's not going to do anything good for your business. No, I mean, like people are just like, when they're mad that they can't get back to their normal way of living, they spend so much time and energy being mad. They spend so much time and energy being frustrated with the system. They spend so much time and energy worrying about <clears throat> unemployment or like when's the next reopen date talking to their girlfriends about how fucking unfair this is about how this sucks. They're focusing on all the things that they can't fucking control. They're focusing on all the things that are bad in this current environment. But when you focus on, I've decided right now to make money, no matter what you will make money, no matter what, mm -hmm. because you're already opening your creativity muscles up to receiving ideas from the universe, God, whoever you believe in, because when you are solution oriented, not problem oriented, not focusing on the problems you have, but saying, I'm only available for solutions. How could I serve right now? How could I show up differently right now? What could be of service? What problems can I solve? What do my people need from me? Actively reaching out to your audience and being like, what are you struggling with? How can I help? Mm -hmm. And being of service and being a solution Dude, that's where the money is. Entrepreneurship 101. Find the problem, create a solution. Like, period. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that's it's really in relying on your customers to be able to to talk about what their problems are. And so many people assume that they know. Um, so really listening. I, I love that. That's key. So aside from a pandemic, though. What do you find to be the biggest mistakes, mistake or mistakes that female business owners are making? Um, mm -mm. Biggest mistake that female business owners are making. You're focusing on all of the wrong things and you're asking the wrong questions. This is what a coach helps you avoid. You're focusing on, well, if I just learned that one Instagram story hack, then I would have business. Or if I just could figure out how to set up my website, then I would have the business. Or if I could just figure out how to launch, you're focusing on the, all the shiny objects of how to do this or how to do that, how to do this, how to do that. 
And that is a distraction and it's an excuse to allow you to not do the work to show up and sell because the real root of the problem is you're afraid to sell, you're afraid to sell in a pandemic, or you're afraid to sound sleazy or salesy, or what will my judgy Aunt Judy think? What will, whatever. You're focusing Mm -hmm. on the wrong fucking things and you're asking yourself the wrong questions. So if we can instead shift, well, how do I run my website? Or how do I market my business? If we can shift those to why am I not showing up? Why am I not writing content? Why am I not delivering value to the people that I have? Because you're thinking, oh, well, if I just had more followers, then I would be successful. No, you can be successful with any number of followers. It doesn't, it's not about the fucking number. You're asking the wrong questions and you're focusing on the wrong things. When we focus on action and service, showing up to create value, showing up to produce content, it doesn't fucking matter about the numbers. When you're showing up and actually selling your shit, meaning I actively recommend you selling something multiple times a week, multiple call to action posts per week, selling your shit. If I looked at half of your all social media right now, I would see no fucking sales posts. Mm -hmm. None, none. So you're asking the wrong questions and you're focusing on the wrong shit just so you can avoid selling. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm just over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, I'm over here just nodding um, because yeah, that's it. Okay, that's so it, sorry, that's why it's a mindset or a vision problem, not a strategy. Most people that have some kind of business know how to say to their audience, if they know, if they learn the English language or whatever language they speak, like, hey, you guys, I have this really cool thing. They know how to use a typewriter on a computer, a keyboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know how to write a post from their phone. So it's not that they don't know how to post. <laughs> And, and ask for the sale. It's if they fucking won't. I love it though. I mean, that's, that's what we need to hear. And okay. So final, my final business question is what is the one actual item, which I mean, we kind of talked about one, but maybe there's one even more so than that. What is the one actionable item that those listening can go out and do today to help their business? Call to action, who you are, write your post in this way. This is who I am. I am Jamie motherfucking King. I am the slay coach. I am a badass business coach that helps women scale their companies to six and seven figures. So who you are, why you're a big fucking deal. Then tell your audience why you're scared to write this, why you've been holding back. Be vulnerable, be real saying, Hey, I was afraid you would judge me. Hey, people love honesty. Just fucking be honest. I was afraid you would think I was salesy during this time. I was afraid of this, whatever reason. I was afraid I wasn't good enough at what I did. I was afraid that there's someone better than me. Whatever the thing that it is, the reason why you're not posting the sales post, then tell them. So first we start with who you are, why you're a big deal, why you were afraid to sell before, why you're no longer available to hold yourself back so that you can serve your audience, why you're going big and what your company is going to accomplish this year, what your brand is going to do. Speak it into existence to your audience so you hold yourself accountable. Tell them what you're going to accomplish. Tell them where you're going. They want to be behind you and support the mission. Then say, here's my call to action. This is what I have for sale. This is what I do. I'm only taking on this many people. You know, apply below or here's the click to buy button. I'm doing half off for the first five people or whatever. Like, Make the fucking sale. But when you tell a story about who you are, why you're a big fucking deal, why you were scared to come out and say this, 
and then simplify where your brand is going, people will be behind your mission. They will be excited for you. They're, they want you to show up and tell them about the things. They just need to hear about, like business is really fucking simple. You make a product that solves a problem and then you tell the humans about the problem. Okay, where are humans? Humans are on the internet right now. So <laughs> like we're not old school going up to coffee shops and putting up flyers. Where are the humans? They're on mm-hmm. fucking Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on Pinterest. Okay, cool. We have a, <laughs> we have a problem. They have a problem. We have a solution. We tell the people about our solution on the internet. It's easy. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. Just quit overcomplicating it. That's awesome. Business is so simple. I keep it simple. That's why my clients get massive results is I let it be easy. I let it be Mm -hmm. simple. All the bells and whistles, like the foundation, like, yes, I have a team of 12 to 17 people at any given time, but that didn't happen overnight. You will get there overnight. They allow the the long-term vision to be so overwhelming that they don't take action today. Okay. So now thinking about... Jamie King, the Slay Coach, when you are looking for self-care, what are your favorite ways to be selfish? Hiding from my children. Um, (laughs) Mostly just the toddler. Um, If I could just say hiding from my children like 47 times, that is... um, So pandemic self-care obviously is different than normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-care. Yes. Pandemic self-care looks like a bourbon slushy in the hot tub alone <laughs> while my great. husband while my husband suffers inside <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> um that's that's self-care for me right now. My te- my Peloton is getting me through this pandemic. Um mm-hmm. my hot tub, um, bourbon. I'm actually like not a big drinker, but I've been drinking more and not feeling bad about it. So letting yourself feel really good about what you're doing. Um, So when you're having a lull or when you're down or when you're not feeling super motivated, in order to get that period of time over quicker, you have to feel really good about what you're doing. Because when you sit in guilt and shame for not being motivated, for not working out or for not... um, being super productive or for not eating right. When you feel guilt around it, that low, that lack of motivation goes on longer. So I need your audience. I need your listeners when they're doing like unmotivated time or, you know, like selfish time. Like I'm just going to sit and eat a bag of fucking cookie dough and watch Netflix and not work out. I need you to own that and feel really good about that because that is what helps that period be over quicker. Does that make sense? Because it kind of defeats the purpose of being selfish. If you're going to feel bad about it later and then beat yourself up 10 times longer than you would have, if you had never done it in the first place. Yeah. The selfish game, like the, the, the non-motivated self-care, like there's two different, you know, kinds of self-care. I think it's like the, I'm caring for my body and I'm feeding it broccoli and working out and shit. Yeah. And that there's the, I'm drinking 12 bottles of champagne and watching binge watching Game of Thrones for the fourth time. Like there's, there's two different <laughs> kinds. Of However, like, it feeds your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's two different kinds of self-care, I think. And when you're doing the non-healthy, like physically healthy self-care stuff, but mentally healthy self-care stuff, it's actually not mental health if you're going to feel guilty about it. Yeah. 
So it's not helping you quote unquote mentally, it's making it worse. So if you're going to do all of those things, I need you to own unapologetically and be really excited and happy that this is my time. I get to do this. I'm so excited to do all of these things, like sit in the hot tub and drink fucking bourbon or watch Netflix or whatever. Because if you don't own it, then you will keep repeating that cycle of over and over going back, feeling shame. And then we'll fuck it. I'll just drink again tonight. We'll fuck it. I'll just not work out. So we have to feel really good about those down times so that they don't become a down year. <laughs> mm, I love that. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Mm, I don't have regrets and I don't have wishes like, oh, I wish I could be doing more uh, other than escaping my children right now. I wish I could escape more of my children. Um, and you guys that don't listen to me, yes, I call my kids assholes, not to their face. Um, <laughs> I just lovingly think my toddler is the most adorable little asshole ever. And anyone that says a toddler isn't an asshole is full of shit. They are. Um, <laughs> they, they just are. Um, but no, I, I literally, anytime I have that feeling or pull of, oh, I wish I could be doing more of this, then I actually do it. So I don't allow myself to feel guilt anymore. And I don't allow myself to feel regret anymore because my biggest concern in this life is that I will go out no matter when that time is with absolutely zero regrets of how I lived it. And so if you are terrified like me of regret, then you don't have wishes that you don't follow. And so like, I wish I had my dream house. Okay, cool. We're putting our current house up for the mark on the market right now. And we've only been here for two years. <laughs> so like, and your new house looks amazing. Well, that's a whole nother story The the guys being a little, the, the guys being a oh, little not renting to us, we weren't planning to buy. So basically we have to do redo our taxes in order to claim more so that we can get the loan that we need. Anyways, it's just a whole dance of red tape right now and he's not being super flexible. So fuck it. If he doesn't rent me this house until I can- You'll find another. Rent to own, then yeah. So basically we're we're moving in the next month. We're already putting our current house up on the market because I don't sit in, oh, I wish I could do more of this. I do it. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I don't such a great break. mentality to have. And it's so funny whenever I, cause that's a question I ask of every um, person that I interview. And it's interesting the answers you get because, um, you know, of course, most people say, I wish I could get more sleep. I wish I could travel more, but, um, I love the women that come on here and say, no, there's not <laughs> because I just make it happen. So I really love that, Jamie. Well, like I'm, I'm shocked that it's not 100%. That's why I do what I do, you know, yep. like yep. because 100% of women are literally living a life with regrets right now. And I have zero, like we had a trip planned for the whole family to go stay in a presidential suite at a luxury resort in Mexico. And that got canceled. Thanks, Corona. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. I, I don't have regrets. You know what I mean? Like I don't have the, I mean, sometimes I wish I could get more alone time, but I'm a mom of three, you know, like there's like, I, I don't have those like things because everything I desire, I make happen, but I also have a partner. I think this is super important to note is that I have a partner that's super on board with that vision. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's really huge. That's a good point. Um, because that's, that's part of it. It's, it's a 50, 50 relationship. 
that's why most people are holding themselves back is because their partner doesn't want their vision or doesn't believe in their vision being possible. Jamie, what's next for you? Uh, all the things. Um, so we're doing virtual Chardonnay and Slays coming up in May. Um, that's my nonprofit networking series. We have a chapter here in Nashville and we're going to be launching virtual chapters all across the country um, in May, which is super exciting. We have like about a wait list of like 12 women signed up to be chapter presidents in different cities. Um, so that's super fun. Chardonnay and Slay is going either global or because <laughs> we have someone in UK, the UK that wants to do a Chardonnay and Slay there. Uh-huh. Um, so we have Chardonnay and Slay launching nationally, maybe slash internationally. Um, Summit of Slay is in August. As of right now, it's still on. What it will look like, we aren't quite sure of <laughs> yet. Like if we're going to be allowed to have it or if we're going to be allowed to have a smaller version of it or mm-hmm. whatever. So as of right now, it's August 21st through the 23rd. It is still on. Um, and right now I'm just really focused on my baby grapes and fermenters. So we're launching the Fast Track, which is our you know, business scaling like accelerator. It's a 90-day accelerator coaching slash education program to help women scale to their first five and 10 K months in their companies. And that's a super smash hit every time we launch that. And that's coming up at the end of May and we're super fucking excited. And yeah, there's more, more of the same, more of the same Just trying to change the world for women in, in entrepreneurship. Jamie, you have such a good attitude and mentality and no wonder, I mean, people are gravitate towards you and you just have that energy that's super supportive of um, females, but also you put that fire under us. So I'm really excited to see what the future holds for you. And I'm so grateful you took the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I can't wait to be able to hug you in real life in Louisville, in our wonderful city we have here. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.